Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. If you're just joining us, uh, we are in part three of a four-part series that we're tiling assembled. And the big idea is that we want to regain vision for what it means to, to be together. And I don't just mean being in the same room, although that's helpful. What I really mean is that you and I would walk in substantial relationships so much uh, that it would feel like family, that we'd feel this uh, togetherness. And I'm so encouraged by the response so far uh, because so many of us are finding groups or groups are finding us and we're, and we're getting into groups, we're getting into community, we're getting into relationship. Uh, and that's so encouraging. In fact, many of you are deciding to take that step to be a discussion host. And if you're not in a group yet, there's some information coming on your screen that's gonna help you get connected. And I would love, love, love to see you connected in one of our groups. So, but in this series, we're looking at these metaphors that describe the church, okay? Uh, and so last, or excuse me, the first week we looked at flock, this idea that we are sheep and we have this profound need to be shepherded. So, so being sheep says something about us. It says something about God. And God wants to bring us under his shepherding care in a flock. So we are a flock. Secondly, we, last week we looked at this idea that we are a building, that God's assembling something. He's putting us together, brick upon brick, life upon life, being brought together by the power of his Holy Spirit, built upon the foundation, the cornerstone that is Jesus. And the big idea there is that there's this relationship between um, or this connection, I should say, between this relationship vertically that we have with Jesus and this relationship horizontally that we have with other people. That as we come to him, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, here's the effect that we're gonna grow tighter and tighter and tighter in relationship with others. There is a connection. And today we're going to look at the metaphor of body. This is a big metaphor and, and it's primarily used by uh, this leader in the other church named Paul. There's several places where he talks about this. He talks about it to the Romans. He talks a, a lot to the Corinthians, which we'll take a look at some of this stuff. But we're going to uh, look at this passage uh, in Ephesians. And his main point in this passage is that he wants us to grow up, right? He wants us to mature. Um, in fact, he says that in Ephesians 4, 14, verse 14, he says, I, I, I want you to no longer be children in the faith that we are born again into his body and we're, we come as infants really, but he doesn't want us to stay there. You know, I've got three kids. They are now 11, 14 and 17. And as much as I love the way that they are, I don't want them to stay the way that they are. Um, there's nothing they, they can do to make me love them more. There's nothing they can do to make me love them less, but I want them to grow up. I want them to mature. I want them to continue that maturing process. Likewise, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he doesn't want to leave you the way that you are, not because he doesn't love you, because he does love you. And his desire is that you would grow up to maturity, that, we, that you would begin to look more and more like Jesus. And here's the plan to do this. His plan is to do that through the church. And, and you are meant to both receive ministry from the church and be a contributor to that ministry. And this is how the body functions. Paul's gonna say that it's the body itself that grows the church. The body grows the body. 
And this is his plan. God's plan is the church. Ephesians 3.10, just the, the chapter before says this. It says, so that through the church, okay? So it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God, that is the multifaceted wisdom of God, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places that according, and this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this is God's plan. This is like, man, he's been thinking about this for a long time for the foundations of the world. And it it would be like through this community of people, like this is his plan. This is his hope. Now, personally, I think this is a bad plan. I mean, anyone grew up in church? Anyone study church history? I mean, there's tons of hypocrisy in the church. There's tons of things that happen in the church that don't look right, feel right. There's enough there that, man, I, I understand why people may want to avoid her or look down on her. And yet, here's the thing. God has not changed his plan. 2,000 years, God has not changed his plan. His grace and power, his plan before the foundation of the earth. It says that this was his eternal purpose, that through the church, it would be through the church that his wisdom would be put on display, that his power and his grace would flow through us to one another and then would be a demonstration to the world that he really is who he says he is. So our conviction about the church lies in Jesus, not ourselves. So Jesus loves the church. He loves the church. In fact, next week, uh, we're gonna learn that he calls the church his bride. I mean, he loved the church. He laid down his life for the church. He, he, even though that we're not perfect. So if you're one of those that's looking for a perfect church, you're just not gonna find it. We don't think we are a perfect church. In fact, if you have a list of things that you don't like about Jubilee Church, I guarantee you my list is longer. There are a lot of things I don't like about Jubilee Church. And that's not what makes me love Jubilee is the fact that I think she's perfect. And it's not what makes Jesus love the church because he thinks the church is perfect. He has just decided in his grace to love. He loves the church so much that he has given the members of the church, uh, those he's calls to himself, he has given them grace in the form of gifts to, to grow the church. So he has given everything that the church needs in order for it to grow and to mature and to be all that she is meant to be. In fact, in verse seven, it says each one, and that means all of us, each one of us has been given grace. And uh, we have this saying at Jubilee Church that everyone is a gift and has a gift. Often we think like it's a few select people, like typically like the pastors, you know, those are on staff or on the stage or whatever it is. Like those are the people who, who minister and those are the people who have gifts. No, it's everyone has a gift. In fact, it explains the role of pastor types, leader types like myself, our role in the church. It says that he gives the church these offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And it's a whole other sermon, but there's a diversity in that. Like they're all different kinds of leaders. And, and at Jubilee Church, we, we, represent, we, we aspire to represent team. Like we want there to be a diversity of gifting. Like some of us are gonna um, have, you know, like an apostolic gift that sees the big picture, keeps the church on mission. Some of us are gonna be prophetic gifts, keep us from straying and, and provoke us and challenge us and keep us going in the right direction. Uh, some of us are gonna be evangelists. are gonna think about people not in the church. Some of us are gonna be pastor te- teachers and we're gonna think about people who are in the church. Um, and then there's gonna be people who just get theology right. And, and we need the diversity of that gifts. But here's the really important part about these leader types. It's what they do. Check out verse 12. It says, they equip, all right? That is, they, they help, they, they support, they supply what's lacking. They equip the saints for the work 
of ministry. They train the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. So you heard me say that earlier that the church builds itself up. In fact, he's gonna say this more in this section of scripture, but that you, you and I and everyone, you know, there's, you know, upwards of 1200 people who call Jubilee home, you know, in-person services, uh, you know, online, just kind of the general, there's that many people and all, every single one of them, the Bible says, each one has a gift, has something, has a form of grace that God has put within them to build the church, to make the church better. I just want to say to you that you, 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 and I mean you, you have what it takes. You have what it takes to make a difference in this church community because that's what the Bible says. And it, in such a way that it builds the church, check this out, it causes you to grow. There's maturity and that's one of Paul's big point. He wants you to grow up. So if you don't, if you don't know your gift, if you don't develop that gift, and if you don't deploy that gift, that is use it, you won't mature. That's how maturity happens. It happens in part because you are using that gift. It fills your life with purpose and it connects your heart to what is eternal. And hopefully that is clear. So one, I just want you to know that you have what it takes. We all have a gift. It says it in this, um, in this passage, we read that in verse seven. It says it in other passages. I, I said earlier that, that Paul uses this analogy uh, of the body um, in multiple places. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, seven, it says to each is given. And it uses this language, a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. You have, each one has been given a manifestation of the spirit. So the spirit working through you. So how does the spirit manifest? It manifests through you by what you, by the gift that God has given you to use. So you've seen, you may have heard that, like we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus that we uh, demonstrate what Jesus is like as God's power working in us and through us. Second uh, Peter 1, 3, it says, his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That God has empowered all of us to give us what we need. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says that he, he makes all of grace abound to us that we may abound in every good work. So just in case someone, no one's ever told us before, you do have what it takes, that we have what it takes, that God has given us gifts. God has given us everything that we need to be a healthy, healthy, thriving church. And here's the thing, it's a part of our maturation process. This is how we mature. God wants to empower you to do th some things you didn't think you could do and sometimes wanna do, but here's the good news, God's working in us. In fact. Paul says this to the Philippians. He's working in us both the will and the way. He's giving us the way to build the church and the desire to build the church. And this is more and more making us like Jesus. But here's the thing. You have this gift, but it doesn't mean anything unless you use this. We all have different kinds of gifts and that's good. We want a diversity of gifts. The more, the better. We shouldn't compare ourselves to others. Uh, we shouldn't wish we had that gift. We should, we should wish that we should be thankful for the gift that we have. And we shouldn't despise our gift and we shouldn't despise other people's gifts. And, and one of the, but the big thing that we need to do is that we need to use those gifts. So we have Romans 4, excuse me, Romans 12 says that we have different gifts, but then it says this, it says that we need to use them. Let us use these gifts. It's so important. Uh, for, uh, Ephesians 2, 10 says that we are his workmanship. That is, it's a, it's a word that means masterpiece, right? There's, 
you know, you know, if you know anything about DNA, there's like trillions upon trillions upon trillions of possible human beings. And God has made you uniquely you. He, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Your purpose is good works, which God has prepared beforehand, right? So like before the world even existed, he thought about you. He knew exactly what he was doing when he made you. So he's prepared you for these good works. Here it is, that you should walk in them, that we need to, we need to see ourselves as a part of something that is his local church, that we are, we are body. We're, we're, we're not multiple bodies. We're part of one body. So there's unity because our goal is to be like the head of the body. It's Jesus. We want to be like him. So that's, that's where we get our unity that we're, we're all passionate about becoming like Jesus, but yet remarkably different. And this was an absolute game changer for me. I mean, this totally changed my life, knowing that I've been invited to play, not just be on the bench, but like to play. Like I just grew up thinking like, man, like the, you know, they're like really important people in the church and I'm not one of them. There are the somebodies and I'm a nobody. Um, I, the, you know, it's the above average spiritual people, like that's what's important. And, and I was very average, uh, let's be honest, below average. And so I just thought I wasn't invited, but, but when I found out, man, God's invited all of us to play. He wants us all on the field. Man, I was like, man, this is, I'm all in on this. And I just saw the eternal payoff and, and I just wanted in on this and it changed my life. And, you know, I, I don't want to go into the, to the full details of that story, but that's why I'm here. That's why I'm not out in, in business. That's why I'm not in the business world and I'm trying to uh, chase dollars is because, man, God invited me into something and it, and it wrecked me. And I wanted to wreck you, that there's so much potential in the local church. In fact, this is the only thing that will count. Uh, Paul had this passion to, to, to bring his people to maturity because he knew that only the things, the only, the only life that's gonna stand in the end is the life that's built on Jesus. In fact, he tells the Corinthians, he says, no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the one and true foundation. I'm so grateful for all the men and women of this church who have made Jesus their foundation. They have made Jesus their life. They have received him into his life and, and, you, and, and, and he is yours forever and you are his forever. But check this out. It says now that we have a life to build and it says that we can build on gold and silver and precious stones. That's gonna stand the test of time or we can build it upon wood, hay, and straw that won't stand the test of time. And we have this job, like we have this thing, like we can build our life, like building his church, building his community, the only thing that's going to last, or we can build it for ourselves. And so I just wanna encourage you, like this is the thing, this is God's eternal purpose. Uh, anything that we do, for Jesus will not be done in vain, but will stand the test of time. And I just want you to know that there is playing time for you, right? So like growing up, I'd play basketball and our coach would work us and work us and work us and work us and work us. And it was tough, but the only, the hope that we had is that we got, we knew on Saturday or on Tuesday night or whatever the game was like, man, we are gonna get playing time. In fact, those who didn't get playing time just quit. And I think that's what happens in the church is that we just think like church is about coming to services and, and I come and receive and, and, and that's good and we should receive. 
But if that's all it is, that's like just showing up for practice, but never getting into the game. And what happens? Well, you get bored, you'll quit. You'll be like, what's the point? I get why people quit the church because they think it's just about showing up to practice. No, that's not the point. The point is to go to practice so you can play. You have a gift that God has given you. You have been uniquely wired to make a difference in this church and check this out, in this world. This is God's plan. This is how he puts his manifold wisdom on display. And it's just shocking to me how many people just, man, they just practice, but they never want to suit up for the game. We know our Bible. We know our songs. I mean, we know when to raise our hands even. Like we know like the exact right time. And you know, some of us are down here and some of us are like this. Some of us do this. Some of us one arm, chest pat. There's all different kinds of variations. We know like the moves. We know how to play the game, but we never quote unquote get in the game. We, we just play church, but we don't, we're not being the church. We are the church when we see that we are part of something, that we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet in Jesus of Jesus. And we have an everyone, not just someone, everybody has a vital part to play. And we need every single part. I was um, working on my bathroom recently. And like an idiot, I grabbed the, this part of the board and I was drilling a screw in. And I don't know why I did that. I was in a hurry, I guess. And I drilled a screw right through the board and it went right into my finger. And it hurt really, really bad. But I just want you to know that your pastor did not say any cuss words. There were several that went through my mind, but I didn't say any. But it hurt and I couldn't, I know it's gonna sound lame, but I couldn't type for a week. And I don't know if you know about what I do, but typing is really important to what I do. And so it hurt. I need, I need even that part, that little tip of the finger, not even just the finger. I need the tip of that finger to be in good shape. You need 100% of your body. If Man, it would not be good if 10% of your body, 25%, 50% of your, I mean, there are so many church, I mean, the, the landscape in the American church is where a few people do everything. And it's meant to be a family. It's meant to be a body where we're all working together. And that's where we individually find our purpose and maturity, but it's also how we grow together stronger. And uh, God wants you to grow. First Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow up in salvation. I can help you know what to eat. I can show you how to eat it, what to eat and what quantities, but I can't give you an appetite. And I just wanna encourage you to have an appetite to want to grow. So you have what it takes um, and we need what you have and you need what we have. We need each other. I need you, you need me, we need we. Um, and Paul wants us to grow. Verse 12 says that everybody in the body of Christ builds up the body of Christ. So when you withhold your gift, you miss out on so much. You miss out on meaning and purpose and why you're created, but we miss out as well. We need, we need everyone together. And Paul says, this is critical to our maturity. Verse 13 says that we do this all, excuse me, that we do this until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to the full stature of Christ. And the main context for this kind of ministry, and I'll conclude with this thought, is that, and this will actually give you a peek into our philosophy of ministry, is that the, the, the hub of ministry, we've talked about how it's, it's not professional, it's kind of amateur, it's not the few, but it's the many, but it's also relational and not programmatic. Um, to be biblical, 
to put the manifold wisdom of display on God is this idea that we would have this deep affection for each other that looks like family. And that's where ministry happens. Ministry happens in the context of relationship. It, the hub for ministry in our church is relationships. It's how we, it's how we serve each other. It's how we, um, we, we, we build each other up in a, we, in, in a hundred different ways based upon the way that God has wired us. First um, John 1 says that, how can you say that you love God and not love your brother? So we're wanting to grow up in love. He, and he says in John 13, this is my command that you would love each other the way that I loved you. So verse 16 says this in Ephesians 4, says, from the whole body joined together, held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, which we've been talking about, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need to have love from each other. We, Jesus says that the father, as a father has loved me, so I love you. So the, so the love of God comes from the father. It's poured out on the son. That love is poured out on us. And then it says, now that same love that I've poured out on you, I want you to pour it out on each other. I want you to love each other. I want you to get, I want, I want you to, in fact, this, we didn't read this, but earlier it says to have, to have patience and humility and bear with each other. Um, I mean, to do this kind of work, to do this kind of ministry, to really love each other, to be in relationship takes a high pain threshold. I mean, you're in your family. You think about your spouse. You think about your brothers, your sisters. You think about your kids. In order to love your kids, in order to love your spouse, in order to love your siblings, like you need a high pain threshold to get through that. And, and that's often why we, we just quit because we live in a culture that's very fast paced. Uh, and we just like, man, I just don't have, I don't, I don't have time for this. But that's why we need to be receiving love from Jesus so that we can be giving love to one another. Love is why we do this. In fact, if you read 1 Corinthians uh, 12, which is all about the body and how we're, you know, we have different gifts. And, and in fact, that continues in chapter 14 about how these different gifts work out in the body, specifically like in a worship service. In the middle of that is sandwiched this big, great chapter on love. And that's not, um, that's not accidental. You know, we don't often connect it to, but that's not a passage about love generally. First Corinthians, you know, it gets read at weddings, I know. It gets, but First Corinthians 13 is about love specifically when it comes to the gifts that you and I have. And what this section of scripture is talking about is the, the reason why we would use our gifts is out of love. So Paul says, you know, like the grace, of, you know, without love, I can have all these different gifts, but if, if I'm not using it, out of love, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a clanging symbol. And fear and apathy and unbelief keeps us from using our gifts, but it's love that motivates us to use our gifts. Love is why this, we build ourselves up in love. Love needs to be a part of our culture. And we love because Christ has first loved us. This is a journey. This is not a quick fix. Like, it's not like, hey, get into groups and six weeks, it's all going to be okay. No, it is a journey and we have to walk with each other. We have to know each other. You know, this verse goes on, says that we are to speak truth to each other in love, that we would correct each other, that we would challenge each other. And, and that takes relationship. That takes deep relationship. 
I mean, we're not just trying to build services and, you know, lasers and lights and swag bags and, you know, Disneyland for kids. Like we're, we're wanting to build disciples and family and it, it, it's, not, it's not quick, it's not easy. It's, it's, it can be challenging, but that's where life is and that's where purpose is and that's where meaning is. And that's where I wanna end this. I wanna end this with the love that Christ has loved us with. We love because Christ has loved. How has Christ loved us? Well, he, his body was broken so that we could be a part. We, can, we, we are a part of the body of Christ because he gave away his. That on the cross, on the cross, that he gave away his life. His body was nailed to a cross and now we can be included. He has loved us with an everlasting love. And when we are, when we are getting direction, and when, when Christ is our source, not, not money, not, not significance from this world, but like Christ is everything to us. He is just pouring out love. He is pouring out power through his church. It's going to motivate us and enable us to go the distance relationally and in using our gifts. I just wanna encourage you. And if you're not in a group, I wanna invite you to get in a group. In fact, if you wanna know more about how gifts work in this church and relationally, I, I want to also invite you to, to go to Growth Track. That's why we create this. We're a church of next steps and we want to help, uh, we want to help you take that next step. And uh, some information is coming up right now on how you can get involved in the next Growth Track. So if you're new and you're kind of like, well, how does this all fit together? Man, Growth Track is your next step. But may we be those that grow together, that we uh, are, are not looking to be entertained by church, but we're looking to be empowered and being part of the church that, you know, we're not just coming here to be, you know, better, more moral people. Like Jesus didn't say, hey, I wanna disinfect you. He's like, I wanna disciple you. I wanna grow you. I wanna, I wanna see that, I wanna build something in you. And that happens when we come together in relationship. Relationship is key. Relationship is the hub. It doesn't, there's no other way to do this. We come together in relationship and all the messiness and the pain that, that goes with that. And we begin to minister to each other using our gifts that brings purpose, meaning, but it also builds up the church so that we can be uh, the manifold wisdom of God on display. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you for your plan. I am humbled uh, that you uh, have invited us in. It, it doesn't seem like a good plan, but but your power is perfected in our weakness. And we just, we love what you do. And we just, we just wanna be those that submit to your spirit and grow together uh, as your body, different parts, but working together as one, amen.